Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm so excited today. We are welcoming back the Special Olympics of Colorado CEO, Megan Scremen, and 2001 Athlete of the Year, Tim Sharp. He has been in the mix for 35 years with the Special Olympics and now taking on more of a leadership role. We're going to talk about all the amazing things he's done with the organization, everything they have coming up, including a plane pull. That's right. You know I signed up for that. We're going to be pulling a giant plane across the tarmac, all in the name of Good Purpose, raising money for the Special Olympics. This is an awesome conversation, letting you guys know all the details and the increasing and amazing impact that the Special Olympics has. You're going to want to listen in and sign up for one of these events that are coming up. Enjoy this conversation and be sure to check us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe where you listen to podcasts and subscribe on YouTube. Just check us out visually, audibly. We're everywhere. Come join the fun. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am absolutely so excited today. We have another cast with the Special Olympics of Colorado. We have uh, Megan Scremen back in the house. She is a huge part of the team. She's the CEO. I'm going to introduce her in one second, or reintroduce, I should say. And we have a new athlete. We had McKenzie last time, and now we have Tim Sharp. So I'm going to give his quick for one as well. But the Special Olympics cover so much ground. If you really want to get into the details and want to know, go listen to our first cast. Uh, my friend, one of my best friends from college, and my, one of my best friends from college, Paula, and I did the polar plunge this past year at the reservoir and it was amazing i think my first encounter with uh megan was us about to get into the water so i was kind of zoned out and i didn't even know that it was her but she we had our name on a card and she's like hey chris and i was like hey oh my god she know our name even though i know they have our name cards i was just freaked out because we were about to get into freezing cold water anyways it was amazing. And they've got a new event coming up this year that Paula and I, and hopefully her fiance and all her friends and my friends are going to come do. So without further ado, I'm going to give a quick 411 on the Special Olympics. And then I'm going to let these guys talk from there. So the mission of the Special Olympics of Colorado is to provide year-round sports training and athletic competition in a variety of Olympic-type sports for children and adults with intellectual disabilities, giving them continued continuing opportunities to develop physical fitness, um, demonstrate courage, experience joy, and participate in sharing of gifts, skills, and friendship with their families, other Special Olympic athletes, and the community. And just to give you an idea of their impact, it's truly, truly amazing. There's over 15,000 athletes, 3,000 unified partners, 8,000 young athletes, 21 offered sports, 410 plus unified schools, 1,000 plus coaches, 9,000 plus volunteers, 40,000 plus annual coaches, coaching hours, 400,000 plus youth impacted impacted statewide. I can go on. Um, I'm tripping over my words. There's so much, but there's so much positive impact. Without further ado, Megan and Tim, welcome to the Turmeric and Tequila Mike. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you. Megan, um, here's Megan's quick bio, and she has done so many incredible things. She's an all-around rock star, but she joined the Special Olympics in 2013 as a vital part of the leadership team, resulting in exceeded revenue goals and promatic development and expansion. Um, her role uh, has committed to ensuring 15,000 plus individuals of the Sp- Special Olympics of Colorado serves and has access to a variety of uh, a variety of high, highly qualified and life-changing programming. Um, my phone's a little slow as I read this, so sorry I'm jumping over my words. But Megan, welcome back. 
excited to be here. Appreciate it. And thanks for polar plunging and plane pulling with us. <laughs> yes. Um, has there been any updates since I've seen you uh, right before I was about to jump into the freezing lake? Cranking away. So since we saw you, we completed a winter season. So at Special Olympics, as you mentioned, we have 21 sports over four different seasons. So we had our summer, our winter season. We then had our summer season that culminated, or our spring season that culminated with our state summer games. And now we are in the middle of our summer season that will culminate with not one, but three state summer classic events. So we've really been participating in, in sports. All, a ton of athletes, including Tim, have been competing in their sport across the state. I, I love it. And I'm so excited to have uh, Tim. It, it, it's so wonderful to always have the, the business humans behind the cause, um, even when it's a 501c3, you know, in the mix. But then we get to see like our actual humans that are uh, benefiting from this cause and seeing what's going on. So, Tim, let me introduce you really quick, just so people have some background. Mm -hmm. Tim has competed with the Special Olympics for 35 years in sports, including cross country, basketball, soccer, golf, softball, and volleyball. His favorite sports are golf and softball. Tim says that the Special Olympics has impacted his life by helping him uh, with his self-esteem, teaching him to work as a team. Tim was the male athlete of the year in 2001 and earned a spot as a golfer on Team USA Colorado for the Special Olympics World Summer Games in North Carolina. He serves as a fitness coordinator to promote health and wellness to his fellow athletes and mentors and uh, a mentors other athletes serving in that role. His spare time, he is an avid Bronco fan, go Broncos, and serves on the Athlete Input Council. So Tim, welcome to Tumor Cantilla. It's really exciting to have you. Yeah, thank you for welcoming me. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, uh, yeah, I'm just, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I think one of the exciting things about Special Olympics, I know I wish I had this as a collegiate athlete, is you get to play for as long as you want to. There's no graduation point, there's no ending point. So, 35 years, you know, competing, how's your body holding up? I, my body's pretty beat up, and I haven't played any of my sports for 35 years yet. That's pretty good. Um, I just keep exercising and do walks for Colorado Spring in Colorado Springs, my hometown. And I just keep just eating more healthier too. So. <laughs> Nutrition is always a piece one of, of it. our. And Tim is an amazing fitness captain and a health leader for not only himself, but all of his teammates. Tim, do you want to share a little bit about all of the great work you've done as a fitness captain? Um, kind of. Uh, just trying to get all my teammates. Um, more healthier and to off the field and on the field. So it's been amazing. So, so. well, what I, tell us a little bit about the role of the fitness captain. Um, it gets, gets um, kind of hard to explain. It's uh, it, to get other, to get athletes to be more healthier and to get them active, to get them off the couch and to do outside stuff and just to do walks around the neighborhood or um, just we we practice, we exercise before practices and before games and then it gives or lifts our spirits up. So, yeah. So, so many important details. So there are so many important details that Tim mentioned there about that role because traditionally Special Olympics, like so many sports, you come and you practice in your sport where it's very much working on those sport specific skills. Whereas Tim in his role really encourages athletes to build to, to 
build up their fitness, nutrition, all of those other things that need to take place before, during, and after practice, as opposed to just what happens during, you know, the hour that you're there practicing. And so it's an important leadership position. And I think it's also, um, it says a lot when it's coming from a peer, a fellow athlete, as opposed to your coach always telling you, go for a walk or don't, you know, put down that soda as opposed to when you have your peer, your teammate, like Tim telling you, it goes a lot longer, a lot further. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's gotta be exciting. Now. I think the last time we spoke, we were coming off the pandemic and you know, every business, every, uh, especially I want to say the philanthropic situations were scrambling during 2020 because everything was shut down and outside of, you know, the business logistics and trying to keep the funds coming in and everything moving, we all kind of lost a sense of community. How has it been since then to get everybody back in person, practicing again, having in-person meetings, really just to be around each other. It's, it's really been hard, but we worked out a family to get the fam the team back together. We follow social distancing. Um, we do mask at every practice, um, but it's bringing our team culture together and in a good way. And I mean, we even started doing. I'm also on a bocce team for Denver this year for the board of directors. Since I became a member of the board of director for Colorado. So it's been kind of cool to, to try new sports too. So, too. So, always learning. I love it. How's it been for you, Megan? Really, really working to find that balance, you know, trying to find that balance between making sure we're offering that community because we really know how important it is. I know personally how much I miss seeing athletes, coaches, my coworkers in person. And so we've been getting back to our office, which is really nice. It allows for so much more collaboration and brainstorming. We're a very small office. And so when we're kind of stuck behind screens all the time, it becomes hard. You're so focused on what you need to do during that screen time that there's less of the, how's your week been going? You know, what's been going on? And so from a staff perspective, I think that allows us to be more creative, more collaborative. And then of course, seeing athletes at practice and competition means the world to all of us. It really um, kind of fills our cup back up and make sure we can, we can see why we're here and why we work so hard. Um, so that's been really, really nice. But of course, COVID is still, um, still comes into play. Our, our, many of our athletes are still more likely to be uh, more severely impacted by COVID should they get it because they're you know, compromised. And so we want to make sure we're following really strict safety guidelines. And so Tim is a great leader in that. His entire team um, have done a great job of showing that we can still compete, try new sports while following you know, our, the best we could do on our safety. Absolutely. Well, I think, I mean, some COVID has obviously pushed us all in certain directions and forced us to innovate. But one of the things I really like is that it is having us all check in with the things we can control, our nutrition, our sleep, um, even supplements that, you know, you can take that help you keep healthy. So you're naturally more resistant to the virus and to things going on. And it's something that, you know, we all have to balance with masks and social distancing, like you said. Um, but that's also kind of hard when you're competing and everyone, you know, you're kind of close to each other even with masks, but I guess we're doing the best we can do. But it also does make us appreciate being back together and being back in the office or on the field uh, and being back together. How has, now that we're back in motion, how has that uh, impacted the events and all the fundraisers that you guys have been doing? I think we've had to get really creative. We think outside the box. And fortunately, we've been able to do things just differently. So the plane pull, as an example, will ask people to wear masks. And as opposed to having everyone come together at one time, you'll come in different 
times where it's more staged. And we've really been able to do the same thing with our competitions to have more time trial type, um, type competitions where athletes are coming for their particular competition. We also have done a lot of um, innovative work around health and fitness. So as an example, our, our state summer games, we had a strong mind station where athletes were given, you know, once they competed, they could come and go through that strong mind station. And that's all focused on emotional wellness, stress coping, which is critical uh, as we've been going through this. And so it's been really neat. And examples of things where there was a, a yoga station and a meditation station. And so, competitions, fundraisers, we've really had to, to innovate and think outside the box, but it's been fun. And a lot of new and um, new things that we'll keep for good have come out of that. So that's always a positive for sure. That's amazing. Uh, Tim, did you start any new sports or do anything different once COVID hit since you had to kind of choose some other angles or other options? Um, just been trying to just do more walking and just keep it was hard, kind of hard because you, you yeah. see friends and they're like, they're used to hugs and all that. And I was like, no, I do. If we do air fives, <laughs> instead of high five, we do air five. So it's been kind of cool. So I did try um, during the pandemic, I tried uh, kayaking and I just bought my first kayak. So it's pretty cool. Wait to get oh. it out on the water. That's amazing. Okay. My mom actually just got paddleboard. So we all got one. And um, it was, I, I, we grew up water skiing actually, and I forgot how wonderful it was to be on the water. Uh, but we see a lot of the kayakers and whatnot. Are you good? This is a kind of maybe a, a silly question, but are you good about getting your boat strapped onto your car and everything? Or is it a blow up um, version? It, the, the first one I had, my friend gave it to me, and it was one where you sit in. And it was kind of scary because it's like on water, it's kind of like, it's like, okay, but the, the one I just bought, um, it's uh, where you sit on. So okay. I feel more comfortable on the one okay. that you sit on and it's more balanced too. So, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole skill set I had like forgotten. All the logistics around it are pretty um, <laughs> intense. Did you, Tim, did you do the polar plunge speaking of water? Yes, I did. I did too. I did the one up in Aurora and then we did the one in Colorado Spring where we ran into a foam machine. So oh, it was oh, that's cool. so Okay. Megan, so. did you end up jumping oh, in the yeah, water? I did, <laughs> I, did the, <laughs> I did the Colorado Springs one, the foam. No, I didn't this year. <laughs> now I'm saying, I'm like, I think I did. No, I didn't. Call I have done it many times, though. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually called out, I will plane pull and I raise money. Acceptable. Yeah. Wait a well, here's the thing. Okay. I did get buckets of water dumped on my head. So I oh, did okay. do that. I didn't plunge into the water. That was one. How quickly I forget. I got a bucket of water dumped on my head and then a bucket of powdered sugar dumped on my head. So two, two things. Interesting. The, the powdered sugar yeah, is kind of aggressive. Very creative with our polar plunges. <laughs> so yes. So talk about innovating with the polar plunge instead, we didn't have bodies of water in like we did in Aurora or Boulder. So in Denver and Colorado Springs, we did a polar plunge roulette. So some of the options were foam machine, as Tim mentioned, powdered sugar, cold water, That's soda. Right things of that nature. <laughs> so, okay. I actually yeah. think you had it harder because you were announcing. Absolutely think outside the box. 
Yeah, no, I mean, which is great. I would say the powdered sugar, that's I'm like, did somebody have powdered sugar on hand? But I forgot that it was a roulette situation. But when we were at the Aurora Reservoir, you were outside. And if I remember correctly, the weather was kind of brutal. And you were out there for like four or five hours. So I think we had it easier where you get in, get out, and like, that's it. But you were like out there braving the storm the whole time. So that is something that is different where it's nice for the participant because you have your assigned plunge time, you come, you go, and then that's it. For the staff working it, what was, you know, an hour and a half long event is now like yeah. <laughs> an eight hour long event. <laughs> Same thing with the plane full. It becomes a much longer day, but safety first. So we are happy to save the elements and, and be out there for a longer period of time because we really are. We could not do what we do without the support of the entire community. People coming, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of laughing about it now, but um, getting soda and powdered sugar and foam and cold water dumped on your head or running into that, it, it may seem like something that takes a, a short amount of time, but the impact can be felt for a long time to come. So we yeah. really do appreciate everyone doing it. And the lake, the lake in Aurora was, it was cold, but we did it. So we even had one of our, uh, Broncos, Denver Broncos into it too. So it was kind of cool to see the reaction of people like when they hit that water, they're like, okay, just run in, do high fives and then run back in, run them right. So it was pretty cool. Yes. Did you put your head in, Tim? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I just ran in and tried to do high five, but kind of got stuck going kind of halfway in because of the water, but it was like, okay. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I love it. Good for you. Yeah, I, you were you were fully in, right? Yeah. Kristen, you it. went fully in, right? Yeah. Well, I told my friend Paula, we were discussing it before. I'm like, are you gonna go in? She's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, my hair's gross anyways. I might as well if we're gonna go in, we're gonna go in. And she's like, nah, she's like, well, I'll do it if you do it. So of course, then I was like, of course I'm gonna do it. Um, but it was logistically it was so funny because you had to leave like your robe and your towel behind you stand in the cold to get ready to get into the water and then when we came back we kept losing our car keys the whole day was like we had an absolute blast and i have to agree the volunteers the execution of the event you know i've done a ton of events was phenomenal and again there was rain and stuff the, uh, the volunteers knew what was going on they got us in they got us out everything was organized and there was two there was a run going and a dip into the lake so it was like two events in one so i was super impressed but myself as a participant and my friend, we were a hot mess because we couldn't find the car keys. And then we were like frozen after the run, but then frozen going to the lake. It was, it all worked out. We had a blast, but we're, we kind of operate like that since college. So it's, it's Romy and Michelle out here. We're good. I hear you though. I mean, I started at Special Olympics as our event director overseeing our polar plunge series. And time after time, I would send people emails. When you're plunging, bring your shoes, bring a towel, bring a change of clothes. That's what you need to do. I show up in my first year. I have none of those things. I was like, what? And I did it. And I'm like, I have no towel. I, I had no chain of clothes. Like, what were you, what were you thinking? So I've learned the more I've done it. It's probably my ninth, yeah. ninth or 10th plunge season. Um, but well, we're ready. We're well, ready for next day. year, just to say the least. Like we know now the process. Um, okay. So well, on that note, tell us, what do we need for the plane pole so I can set a designated spot for everybody's keys and all the shoes we need or whatever. Like, tell us about the plane pole event. A ton of fun. So we have two plane poles actually going on this year. One in Broomfield at Rocky Mountain Airport, um, which will be fun. Teams of 10, 15 people for that one, um, up to 15, are pulling an airplane across the tarmac. And so it's a race to see which team can pull the plane 15 feet the fastest. 
So that's a really fun element to it. And I will tell you a trick of it is make sure you get pulling before they, you know, do the three, two, one countdown. And it's harder than it looks. I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, I, let me say, I watch many teams do it. They make it look easier than when I do it. So if they make it look okay. easy and then I get on to pull, I'm like, oh, this is, this is heavy. Um, but it's a lot of fun. So in addition to the plane pull, we'll have lots of fun vendors and activities going on, activities for, for kids, adults, you name it. So it's a fun day to, to come out. And then Colorado Springs will be on September 18th at the World War II Museum in Colorado Springs. So that'll have a unique feel to it as well. Um, but we really could use teams joining. It's a thousand dollar fundraising minimum for a team in Broomfield of 15 and in Colorado Springs for a team of up to 10 people. And we just vary the size of the team based on how heavy the plane is. We don't want to, we want to make it too easy for anyone, so, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It doesn't look easy to me at all. It looks super fun. And I think it's going to be really cool social media. I hate to say it, but that's the truth for some people. Are going to, obviously, we're raising money for a good cause. It's great humans. Um, but it's really cool pictures. Like you were literally pulling a plane. I think it looks hard. And I'm here for all my fitness humans. Um, but it's really like a cool thing. There is actually a CrossFit gym out, I think, where the Broomfield event's happening, which is close to my house. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The backdrop is gorgeous. And then, But I actually signed up um, with my friend Paula and, and our crew for the Colorado Springs event, just because of dates and logistics and whatnot. So I'm excited to see that venue. Are, is anybody doing both events? Does that happen a lot? First year that we've had the Colorado Springs plunge. But um, if we use plane pole or polar plunge as an example, we have lots of people like Tim who do multiple, uh, multiple events throughout the state. So I think we'll have a, certainly a few teams that will do both. Tim, are you going to do both? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to try. Depend on the it depends on the financial part of it. It's kind of uh, tricky right now. You can you join our SoCo team. Okay, so cool. You can join us there. Yeah, and I should say it does look hard. I think it looks hard until I see some teams do it. I'm like, oh, they just did this in you know ten seconds. They made it look easy, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not as strong as they are. Yeah, well, those tens- the first the first year I did it, we did, we pulled in Colorado Springs. We pulled a FedEx. 747, and it was really tricky. And then they realized that they had the plane facing the wrong, facing uphill instead of thing. So they had to turn the plane oh. around to face it down the tarmac. So it was oh crazy. <laughs> oh, you, did you this get a good workout? And yeah. <laughs> What'd you we say do test poles. We, we've now learned we do test poles to test poles to make sure that we've got perfectly level ground and yeah all, all in the, the category of lessons learned <laughs> That's yes. sure. well the events you guys put on are no joke i mean they're all there's some major logistics behind this so even at the polar plunge i think you had the fire department out there making in the water like they were standing in the water obviously in, in drier wetsuits and <laughs> high-fiving us as tim said as we plunged in but like there's so many logistics to these things i was deeply impressed um with events background of how many moving parts there were and then how well the execution was um have you guys seen uh, an uptick in numbers i feel like now that you know the pandemic is quote-unquote over-ish, not really. But now that we're out and be able to be around each other, have people been like signing up? Like, have you seen numbers come up? I, I went to the airport and I saw like a million humans. So I feel like people are ready to rock and roll. 
agree. Um, in some ways, it, it's interesting. Plane pull, in many ways, we get um, a lot of corporate teams. And so we had a ton of teams sign up. We're still, there are still some out there, like, we don't feel comfortable doing this. And so sure. um, it, it's a little bit of both. Polar Plunge, I think we actually had pretty good numbers uh, in terms of participants, relatively speaking, and certainly by compared to by comparative to what we were expecting. I think people were ready to go outside, do something fun, support a great cause, do something new and new and different. So, so far we're expecting really great turnout for, for um, both of our plane pools. And we're also seeing the same thing on the competition side. So our, on our sports program. So we have an amazing, I mean, talk about the logistics, that all the logistics and details that go into our fundraising events. And there are so many of them. And we have an incredible events director, Alexandra. And then on the competitive program side, it's interesting. We are very much an events company. We have our, all of our fundraising events and then our bread and butter, which are the you know hundreds of competitions uh, and tournaments that we have a year. And so we have an incredible team that runs those as well. And with 21 different sports over four seasons, there's always a lot of logistics that go into those. But it's been nice for even just our, our upcoming state summer classic. We're expecting about 600 athletes um, for the one just in the Denver Northeast front range. So we're starting to see more and more athletes come back to the competition side of things as well. So probably holistically, we'll have about a thousand athletes that um, participate in those summer state events, which will be nice. Wow. I'm, I'm continuing. I mean, this is our second conversation as I've dove further into um, everything you guys have been going on and the amount of humans that you have involved and involved for like such a duration. It's just such a living, breathing thing that's just miraculous. And you can see the impact. Uh, Tim, you know, 35 years, has your experience with the Special Olympics over the years changed or has have you just grown to love it more and more as time goes on? I'm going to love it and love it more uh, since I'm more involved now. Um, it's really cool to see it opens it's more it gives you strength to be around friends and family to um like we said we're all bigger family and we help them off the field and on the field so it's amazing to be part of this a great organization so absolutely the community just seems remarkable and you guys are, are are not a huge team. So again, it's just all the more kudos to everybody behind the infrastructure, making it go around. Uh, Megan, you've been in the mix now for a, a long time. Um, what are some things you're looking forward to now that some restrictions are lifting off, but plans that you have, like, tell me what's coming up that you're really excited about. I'm very excited to be back to competition, to, to see athletes doing what they do, compete in sports. Off the field, though, so we've always said that Special Olympics, you know, kind of sports is at the core of what we do. And we use, we use sports as a catalyst to do so much more. Um, so we have athlete leadership programming for athletes like Tim Words and getting the opportunity to become more comfortable and confident in assuming that leadership role. We have school-based programming. So this year we have a big goal to continue expansion of our school-based programming. We're already in currently 425 schools, but we want to expand even more, particularly into like Denver public schools, Aurora public schools, both the urban setting and then also the rural setting. So we have really big goals there and, and a lot of great opportunity to, to reach more. We have health and wellness program that we talked about, everything um, coming up where we do a lot of health screenings. I was actually just on a meeting before talking about um, adding vision and health screenings to or vision and um, hearing screenings to an upcoming competition. So that's really fun. Um, but one thing where we're very excited, it's called a unified leadership training. So over those past 
year and a half, we went through a strategic planning process. Um, and a big part of our strategic planning process was a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so we have three pillars of our plan. The first to really talk about expanding our reach. So making sure we are reaching out to people all across the state of all abilities, of all backgrounds, and inviting them to join us. Our second pillar is really about making sure that we are inclusive. So that's, you know, really the, the diversity pillar. The second is making sure that we are inclusive. So all the programs that we have are inclusive of everyone. That when you come here, everyone gets that sense of um, belonging and family that Tim mentioned. So those are more inward facing, like things that we need to do. And this third pillar is all about positioning Special Olympics as someone who can go out into the community and, um, showcase the incredible abilities of people with intellectual disabilities. So, so, so often in that diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation, um, intellectual difference isn't included. Um, yet people with disabilities are marginalized um, a community. So really something I'm very excited about, it's called unified leadership training, and we're going out to companies free of charge to, when it's a co-facilitated session. So it's unified, meaning me, someone without an intellectual disability, works alongside um, someone with an intellectual disability and we co-facilitate a session for a company. Um, it could be for any community, any organization who wants to learn more. And the goals of the training are, are threefold. One, to make sure that people walk away with more knowledge about intellectual disabilities. The second is to make sure that they have more confidence and comfort in interacting and communicating with people with disabilities. And the third is a willingness to advocate and some easy ways to advocate. And so that can range from anything small, like um, changing the language you use, educating yourself on disability to big, hiring someone with an intellectual disability. So that's a, a program that we, we've recently launched that I'm very, very excited about. And it puts athletes and disability in, in the spotlight, um, which is which is needed. And, Absolutely. Now, when you say like companies, is this like a corporate initiative? Like you're going into like business situations? Does this include schools? I know you guys already have the unified program with schools. You're targeting schools, but is, is it two different things? So what's cool about this training is it's palatable and it's easy. So we've done it to library systems. As an gotcha. example, libraries interact with people, anyone who interacts with the community. Um, companies. So that would be another group where they have, they could employ someone. They want to further their organizational goals around diversity, equity, and inclusion. They themselves want to be more inclusive. So it really could um, work for absolutely anyone that interacts with any human being. <laughs> it, it, it's meant to be, yes, while we are talking about disability, um, it, it really can translate to all differences. And it's really about being more inclusive. Absolutely. Which obviously, I mean, we're late to the game as a society as a whole, but you saw that in 2020 around race and gender and everything coming up. And I see an explosion of consultants coming out around diversity and inclusion in all capacities. And I love that I'm seeing these companies, corporations, because I really do think the dollar makes the world go round, fortunately and unfortunately. Um, so you need your big dogs, your big spenders to adapt some of this as, as kind of like community leaders. So I'm really excited to see some of these big players, the Googles, the Apples, um, you know, big food, big pharma, really starting to 
embrace this conversation and then strategically implement strategy. Uh, and I get really excited when it's someone like you guys coaching and teaching and providing that consultation versus another company coming up with that idea, scrambling to learn how to do it, sort of educating themselves where you guys eat, sleep and breathe it and live it. And then you can coach and teach and consult accordingly. So I'm super excited to hear about that. And I, I can't wait to hear perhaps if we cast again, how that's gone, because I think those steps will just push forward mainstream evolution um, exponentially. Such an important conversation, which I in, in begin the conversation with, like uh, Mackenzie is the person who I actually co-facilitate with. And, and I we open it saying, I'm here, Mackenzie's here sharing her lived experience and I'm here sharing learned experience. And by no means am I an expert. I'm learning every day from people like Tim and Mackenzie and so many others, um, better language to use, how to be more inclusive, you know, um, and I think it's it's a really unique perspective to have us as co-facilitators delivering this information and in a very, um, I think, transparent but vulnerable way that like sure. we all have things to learn and, and ways to improve, but we're, we're taking a step. We're starting the conversation and that's that's important. I love it. Well, it's 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 needed on so many levels, as you guys know. Uh, Tim, are you comfortable in these leadership roles outside off the field? I mean, it sounds like you're put in front of um, some really important people, and you get to lead and facilitate some really important conversation. Yes, I feel more comfortable than I've ever had. Thank to McKinsey and Megan, uh, they're more of my mentors on the field and off the field too. So it's really amazing. Absolutely. I love that. And any, you know, great athlete or great human being knows it takes a full uh, spectrum of life to really be quote unquote successful, meaning like healthy and happy and achieve self-actualization. You need sport or physical fitness, something you need community, you need nutrition, you need mental health and wellness. Um, it's a full package deal to really, you know, be an optimized human and, and be in, in happy space. Uh, I think a great example of that was Simone Biles and um, watching her in the five ring Olymp Olympics, if I'm saying that correctly, have, have you guys watched any of the competitions that have gone on in the olympics um yeah we try i try to catch some of them during the, at night just to because during the day if we're out and about walking and stuff sure. i think the most cool the uh the sharpshooters i mean the shooting when we're there shooting thing and we actually had a gold medal lady from Colorado springs take the first gold medal in sharpshooting, I think, whatever it's called, so from Colorado Springs, so I it's pretty that. cool. Yes, we have so many Colorado athletes. I mean, we're a pretty healthy fitness active state, but it's been amazing to see how many athletes out there and how many new sports we have surfing. Um, I think it's trap and ski. I did actually, I know the, the woman you're talking about, um, the fast wall climbing was happening today. It was, it's just so cool to see these, the exposure and how committed everybody is to their personal sport. Megan, did you catch any of it? Did you have a favorite? Hey, I have not caught any of it. I've seen little <laughs> bits, um, which is terrible. It's been in the office. I have two little kids at home sure. and love my job and love my kids. And they both keep me very busy. And so I need to spend more time. I've seen it on in the office and I get up on the headlines. Like I have, of course, followed Simone Biles' story, which is remarkable. Like the bravery um, that she has shown and courage, I think is is something that's so noteworthy and such, such a good example for so many. Have I seen the actual competition? No, but I do know that they added rugby. I think that yes. was a new sport. And I used to play, I used to play rugby 
So okay. I should have spent spent more time watching that. I love all the sports. Um, and I, I, I truly am a, a sports fan, but I haven't. It's, I haven't well, well, the, the time difference is... Yeah, the time difference is hard and catching it like a lot of it. There was like the pre-qualifiers and the qualifiers and then the finals. And I've been catching like spurts of it, but then they were kind of because of the time difference, you know, the spoiler alert in the morning and then the race was at night. So it was kind of like, well, this or yeah, I could catch up on work or and I've tried to catch as much as I can um, just because it's phenomenal to see. Do I think I asked you this in the last cast, do the Special Olympics and the Olympics, do you guys coordinate any um, sort of functions together or is there any sort of, I know it's two different organizations, but is there anything or any space where you guys do collaborate? Not a ton. Um, we are, there's three organizations that can use the term Olympics, the five ring Olympics, the para Olympics and special Olympics, para Olympics and um, the five ring Olympics, they overlap a, a bit more than we do. The ways that I have seen, um, would be, um, sometimes special Olympics. So there are world games and, and uh, like we have special Olympics USA games coming up. We could test run a, a facilities or venues for them, but for the most part, we don't have that much overlap, which makes it extra confusing because we're here in Colorado Sure. and the Olympic training, you know, is in Colorado Springs. So we do get more confused. I think than our counterparts in other States probably do. Sure. Well, it really is two different setups. Uh, although there is, I mean, we really try to model, have Olympic type sports where athletes have, have the opportunity to, to medal like you would in the five ring Olympics. We at last our USA games three years ago. Now we held our training camp at the U S Olympic center in Colorado Springs. So that was a, a great collaboration and fun for the athletes that were training for, for that game as those games as well. Mm. I, I love that. And I, I think there is some logistical information you could, one can learn off the other, but I do see how it is like two different situations um, and how everyone's got to kind of get their home base in order. Cause I mean, they're two massive machines, but the beautiful thing is the through line of all three is it's for sports and the love of the game and the way life skills are facilitated through sport. It's so cool to see these athletes from different countries that likely don't even speak the same language, cheering each other on or putting the medals on each other's neck because um, uh, the person passing out can't touch them this year. I mean, it's just really cool to see like these really human connections come through sport. And I think that's something you see in all three legs of the Olympics. Um, that's really, that's like the binding base. And I think at very minimum, that's, that's enough. And everyone's kind of has the same mission at heart uh, of what's going on. Um, as you guys plan for the rest of 2021 and 2022, is there anything community-wise outside of the events that you guys are really excited about getting the crew back together or like smaller community events? Push for us. We'll actually just be doing outreach to make sure every athlete or potential athlete out there knows who Special Olympics is, what we do. Um, and that really means like going to different communities throughout the state to to introduce ourselves and, and make sure everybody knows we're a resource here. We want you to, to join our community. Um, so that will be big for us. A, a big push moving forward is to, is to make sure that we're um, just doing that important outreach. As we get back into the school year, that's a big uh, push for us as well. So we've had great relationships with so many schools for so many years. Um, surrounding this unified champion schools program and what that is um it's really about bringing when, again whenever we say unified it's people with and without intellectual disabilities and it's around bringing students with and without disabilities together through sport 
uh, through inclusive youth leadership and then through whole school engagement where you would um, hold a pep rally or a campaign where every student in the school makes commitment to include and knows that their school is a unified school. So this will definitely be a building year for us and we'll take a lot of that personal outreach because schools have really been through the ringer over the, yeah. the past year. You know, even just finding the, the ability to stay, remain open for the students that they serve. And so now we really wanna reform those connections while at the same time building new connections with new schools. So that will be a, a big thing for us. On the fundraising side, in October, we have our Hall of Fame event, um, October 13th, and that's a really inspirational event at the Hyatt Regency in Denver, where we will induct our Male and Female Athlete of the Year, our Volunteer, Family, Community Partner of the Year into our Hall of Fame. And that really gives participants um, the opportunity to get to know athletes, to hear their stories firsthand, to learn a little bit more about what we've been up to and, and where we're headed. Those are all kind of big focus areas for us that take lots of work really getting into the community. Absolutely. Is the Hall of Fame event going to be in person, I'm assuming? Person um, at the Hyatt Regency, October 13th, we are looking at the option if needed. You know, we'll certainly make sure tables are, are distance from one another. And if we need, we can extend to having a breakfast and a luncheon option. We're accommodating more people while ensuring that that safe distance for everybody. So looking at that, but that's our plan. It makes it makes such a difference when you can hear directly from an athlete who, who's on a stage, not on, on a screen. We're happy to do it on a, on a screen and, and we certainly will. Um, but if given the opportunity and it's also really important, you know, our male and female athlete of the year. This is a big deal to be, yeah. knows, you know, to be inducted in the hall of fame. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's nice to have people there cheering. My, you on. My, my best friend, my, my best friend, Darren, who's the male athlete of the year this year, he's super excited. He's like, Tim, are you going to be there? I'm like, yes, I'm going to try to, yeah, I'm going to be there. And so I was like, yeah. You better be there. You're the best friend. You got to be there. And you've already <laughs> yeah. got the award. So you got to be supportive, you know? Yeah. Um, can well, real question: Can you get that award twice? No, just once. Okay. I don't know. I I remember that once, so it's like, <laughs> so yeah. One time because you're actually inducted into the Hall of Fame, but once you're in the Hall of Fame, you're always in our gotcha. Hall of Fame. So like, you can go to our website and and see everyone who has been inducted every year of the Hall of Fame. So it's. Um, it's a thing. Tim's in it. He'll always be in it. Um, so yeah, that that's amazing. I, I I agree with you. I think the in-person event, just the recognition, is phenomenal. But I think the in-person event to see impact, maybe for people or sponsors or supporters or family that maybe aren't as connected, get to see the daily happenings, really understand the impact of this lifelong um, opportunity to be a part of something bigger, and then help facilitate the younger generations come in and kind of take on different leadership roles and, and keep this whole ball rolling. Um, do you have like numbers as far as like participation goals that you have? Because it from a ten thousand of you from my perspective it looks like it's growing so much every year in the reach and the programs i mean it just seems like the the snowball keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger which is beautiful absolutely so it's we have that school-based programming we have young athlete programming which is for kids two to eight and while we want to grow both of those programs always um, we really actually want to focus on what we would call our community-based athletes 
So athletes that aren't participating in a school team and are adult, so like the teams that Edmonds on, um, that would be our, our focus to really grow the number of athletes and teams, community-based adult teams. That, and that will take outreach on our part, athlete um, from our athlete leaders getting out there. And the reason we want to grow is one, we want to make sure that like I said, everybody knows about the services we offer and can join the family, the, the Special Olympics family. Also, this relates to making sure that we have the best experience possible because we know the more teams that um, an athlete or team has to compete against that are within their same division, their same age range, the better the experience will be. We don't want to um, have the same athletes. It's not as much fun if the same athletes from the same team compete against the same team every season. So our goal is to double the number of, to at least get 4,000 new community-based athletes over the next five years. Um, so it, it's a it's a targeted group of, of athletes. And again, we're still work, working on getting um, growth in all areas, but that, that community-based adult athlete, we really want to get at least 4,000 new um new Sokol family members in the next couple of years here. That's amazing. And, and you say it can start as young as two years old. I think for families um, with kids that want to participate or, you know, long-term um, young teens to adults, uh, it's got to be a phenomenal com com community and support system for the families to be a part of as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that? How your family's involved? Um. Kind of my mom, she's been, she's been in Fire Nation. Um, she's, she kept, kept our team together, even to the bad times and good time. Um, we've had team members lose family members. So we've been there for them. Um, just recently, one of our athletes um, lost a dad a few, few weeks ago. Wow. And it's, we've been there to lift the spirits up. And we got him try to get him more involved. So yeah, it's been cool. So a perfect example of how his he his mom serves in the coach role. So they have that familial relationship. But then also, you know, the team. Like you said, you're a, a big one, big family. And so that's really yeah. it's cool to see. And and I think I love so much about Special Olympics. Well, it's such a big piece of life and we're coming off, you know, such an intense year on so many levels. I think to have that community there, even in digital format where that's different, is just so instrumental. One of the things you guys highlighted, highlighted on our initial, our initial cast was um, how we're competitive or showing, showing up to compete. But that sportsmanship aspect is always there and it's always about having fun, keeping things safe, being supportive. Uh, Tim, do you want to tell us, like, did you have one experience where you just thought this is so great? Like there was such an outstanding example of sports, good sportsmanship that you experienced um yeah um it was in new jersey and we were up for the gold medal game and we kind of got this fell down it and i was like come on guys let's do this we came all this way from colorado let's do our best let's work as a team and we only lost by two points but just to the experience of team importantship it was, we went against the home team in New Jersey for, to, for volleyball, but just to be there at Nationals, it was an eye-opener for all the athletes, especially all the athletes of my team were right here from Colorado Springs. So and then most some of them have never even flown before. So just the experience of just being there 
and in front of everybody, it was amazing to bring more sportsmanship and more team gathering. So it was a cool. I love that. Thank you. I mean, I, I think, you know, you never want to generalize about anyone, but I mean, the athletes of Special Olympics have such great sportsmanship, but Tim, I think Tim, you are such a perfect example of great sportsmanship. You always congratulate the other team. Well, trying, I mean, exactly straight, trying your best, bringing your team up, motivating your team. But then, you know, I see you post messages. We had a great game. Congrats to the other team or the team. The other team did a, a great job tonight. Good, good job. I mean, I, I think you have great sportsmanship and then you take it to the next level, which is always such a you know, good example for your fellow athletes and, and, and me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gold star influencer. I know. I think that's great. You never know how far those positive vibes and this is the upside of social media where it can reach so many people you don't even know, but even a small message, you don't really understand how many people see that and then think about it in their own life. And they're like, man, I could be like more like Tim and extend a little extra kindness, go the, the mile and then go the extra mile to just be kind and generous. And this is what I love about sports so much. I'm, I'm an athlete at heart and I love everything, all the life skills that facilitates around it. And I love when it's humans like you guys that get to do this your whole life and propel all those positive vibes through such a common ground um to the rest of us because i think most people have been an athlete even if you haven't been like a like a stereotypical kind of athlete you still have some sort of like competitive community in your life that you can identify with being a competitive athlete so i think what you guys are doing are so special and with all these grandiose things we're talking about with events and fundraising these little things are so huge they're really the big things as cliche as that sounds all the things that happen off the field, you know, you place so much emphasis on, on athletes, but even the connections and, and friendships that parents make, mm -hmm. um, there, there are so many little things that happen every day that are amazing, you know, just, just really fun. I talk about, there are very few organizations that have joy in their mission statement and it's fun to be able to say, like, that's what we do. We're, we're for something. We're not against anything. We are for joy. We are for confidence. We are for, you know, togetherness and sport. And, you know, it's a very, it's a really fun, meaningful place to be. Yes. Well, our world needs a lot of that. So look alive and take care of yourselves because we guys, we need you guys out here on the front lines, spreading the joy and keeping smiles on faces and uh, people on in practice fields and the whole nine. So, and I'm so excited about the school initiatives to get our young humans further in the mix and their families. And then on the corporate side, the businesses. So you have the whole world to take over. I hope you guys are ready <laughs> for all of it. Um, on that note, we've got about uh, eight or so minutes. I really want to be clear on how to get in touch with you guys, how to get involved. So so tell me how volunteers find you, how families get involved. If corporate situations want to come sponsor or be a part of the corporate initiative, give us all the details. We first, always a great resource is our website. So please go to www.specialolympicsco.org. That's where you can find information on getting involved, um, of course, from an event participant. But also as a coach, we are always looking for more coaches. As a volunteer, we're always looking for more volunteers. As I mentioned, we have tons of events and we could not, we're a small staff of um, about 40. We could not run the competitions we do without volunteers, um, both day of volunteers and coaches. So go to our website to get more involved that way. If you want to join a plane pole team, you can also go to specialolympicsco.org slash plane pole. 
And there you can see the dates, both the Broomfield date on August 28th or September 18th for Colorado Springs. Click on one of those and form a team. Again, for the plane pull in Broomfield, it is teams of up to 15. And for the one in Colorado Springs, it's teams of up to 10. So grab some friends. We also have volunteers on hand. I'll be there um, ready to pull in case anyone needs some, some extra hands. Tim will be there. Um, so you can go there, register, form a team, and then team members, as they register, everyone gets a, a fundraising page. So that's how it works. You then go ask your friends and family to consider donating to your plane pull team in support of Special Olympics. So that's how that would work. Um, same thing with Hall of Fame. On our website and event calendar, you'll see more information about our Hall of Fame event on October 13th. We would love anyone to join us. If you're just wanting to, to learn more about Special Olympics, think it may be something that you want to get involved with, um, go there. And then same thing with becoming an athlete. Please, if you have a friend, a family member who is interested in joining Special Olympics, I know I've said it many times, but everything we do is unified. So we have sports opportunities for athletes or people with intellectual disabilities and unified partners. So people with typically developing individuals. So pick a sport, pick a season and go to our website and join us or ask us questions and, and get more involved because we want to we have you join. I love it. And if you're not even athletically inclined or you, you know sports aren't your vibe, um, if you're just looking to volunteer and be a part of a family, this really is the organization for you. Even if you know nothing about sports, it's such phenomenal humans and it's such a close-knit group, I want to say, of varsity humans, that if you're looking for that community, which I think a lot of people are, I have a lot of people come to me like saying, okay, I'm just trying to get involved. I'd love to get involved with, you know, volunteer. I've got some extra time. I'm retired now. Uh, what have you. If you have no experience in sports, I really really think if you're looking for a good community to be a part of something bigger than yourself, this is a phenomenal stop. Um, so I can't just even my quick experiences doing the polar plunge and uh, our podcast and some other stuff like it really is a great situation. It's a really good, positive thing to be a part of. So please do check them out, check out their website. You will see myself, my friend Paula. I think we might be like the Beavis and Butthead of, um, of 2021 doing these events we're kind I of love like, a good theme yes we're, we're kind of um a mess but i promise you we're super fun and we're going to pull this plane just like we jumped in the lake and all of our friends are, are kind of an equal space so we're going to be out there having a great time probably making a fool of ourselves but we're, we're showing up for the cause it's going to be a, a blast so come out and see us come see tim and megan are you guys so tim you said you're pulling the plane megan are you going to be pulling the plane yes yep, we okay. sure will be okay Megan, will yes. you send me the link for the plane pool team? Tim, I will send you our link for we're so strong. So anyone is also welcome to sign on and support our plane pool team. You can donate at specialolympicsco.org or by going to the plane pool team. And our team name is Soco Strong. Um, so I'd consider I would, I would encourage everyone to do that. And one last plug, if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. I mentioned the health screenings that we offer. So yes. if you are a healthcare provider um, of any kind, an ophthalmologist, um, a, a dentist, a general practitioner, we have health screenings in all different disciplines from vision to podiatry to optometry uh, or vision and optometry. Uh, hearing so all across the board and we are always looking for healthcare workers to join us because we can't provide the health screenings unless we have um clinicians and the beauty is that we will provide training and opportunity to gain experience in working with people with disabilities so if you or you know someone who is a healthcare provider 
please reach out to us um, on, our, on our website. Again, there's just a, a reach out button. And same thing with if you, your company, your organization, anyone who interacts with any person who would be interested in taking part in our unified leadership training, let us know. It's a service that we provide. Again, there's no cost. Um, it's about 45 minutes and it's a, a really um, interesting open-ended conversation, just something to, to, to get the conversation started. So please reach out to us. We would love to, to get you involved in any way. I love it. Level up, get them to come out and uh, have this, I don't know if consultation is the right word, but the coaching and the education and what's coming forward. It's 2021. We've got to get on the trendsetting tip of all things, what's next and that's what's next. So get out there. I uh, thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to see we're out in the mix. We're free. We can do the events. There's people out. I'm excited to see people enrolling and excited about Special Olympics and all these programs. I don't know how you guys manage it all, but it looks like you've got that turmeric and tequila balance down. And I'm so excited. Tim, I hope I can at some point see you and McKenzie and some of the other athletes actually compete. I would love to experience an event in person um, in addition to the fundraising events, but I love everything you guys have going on, all the positive energy and vibes you put into the world. So I really appreciate you coming on to Rick and Tequila and, and sharing your world with us. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for being such a great advocate and a supporter. <laughs> so thank you. We're here for it. We're here for all the good things. We need always the inspiration in our world. So we're happy to share your inspiration with our crew. Um, but let's keep in touch. We'll see you at the events. And then we'll, of course, just check in and, and wrap again soon. Sounds great. You. Talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.